the Hope Hotline podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me this week. Got a couple things before we start going into the questions. Number one is the commercial that we did about the toenails. Let me just explain that because you, like the commercial missed the whole beginning. Um, like when my kids started um, being able to do some of their homeschooling by themselves, what I did is I still, I needed a flexible work schedule. So what I did is I started my own cleaning business and it like exploded. It was like off the charts. I had people working for me um, during parts of the year because it would be way busier than others. Uh, most of the time it was me and, and a girlfriend of mine that did it. But what happened is in that particular story, um, this seller, uh, I always did a, a job for a realtor, a realtor friend of mine, and this this uh, seller um, cleaned out the whole house. He was very, very angry. He is an elderly guy. And so what happened is, is um, he was a resentful, he was very resentful for having to sell this house. And so what he did is he would clip his fingernails and toenails, and he was like probably in his 80s by the by what the toenails and the fingernails look like, he might have been a smoker too. But um, they were disgusting. They were thick, gross, and disgusting. Okay? So he cleaned out the whole entire place. And the only thing he left for the new owners, because he was so mad that he had to sell this place, I guess he couldn't do it by himself anymore and his kids forced him to sell it. The only thing he left was a drawer in his bathroom a collection and I'm telling you years years of fingernails and toenails he would must have clipped him and then he would collect them and then just put them in this drawer it was beyond disgusting and lucky me I got to find them not the buyer the buyer never knew anything about them me I'm the one and had I remembered that I stuck the uh, shop vac on blower instead of vacuum that never would have happened to me but natural blonde so needless to say i took the brunt i took the brunt with the nails straight to the forehead next thing my very you know um a couple weeks ago i did or it might have been a few weeks ago i did a, uh, a little a thing where i talked about my forehead and my neck Okay, well, my girlfriend, she's, she took pity on me. So she told me about this miracle. I should get money from Gold Bond for doing this little commercial. But my girlfriend, Kristen, who I've mentioned several times on my podcast, my, my girlfriend, Kristen, she told me this miracle drug um, called Gold Bond Age Renew Neck and Chest Firming Cream. 97% had firmer skin in just two weeks. Now she told me this thing, this sucker right here, four days, four days. Now you can't see it, but I applied it yesterday. I can see a world of difference. You can't just yet, but, but me personally, like I know my neck and I can already see. No, no, I needed no plastic surgery, nothing. Gold on. So, as the weeks progress, you and I can see how good this gold bond works. If it works, I advise every single person to go out and buy it. If it doesn't, I'm going to save you lots of money because we're going to find out whether it does or not. I will be the guinea pig. What I, what I really want is, like, if this stuff really does work, 
I want to lather my whole body up with it. That's the, that's, that's the goal. Like I, I said to the girls, I'm like, do you think they have a whole body, gold bond, whole body firm? Like, like I might be able to put this on my forehead. Somebody was super sweet though. They sent me a, was it, I think, I think they sent me a letter or something like that and they put it in the tithe box. And it was just, it was very nice saying that I don't have wrinkles or my wrinkles aren't that bad. And they might've been comparing their wrinkles to my wrinkles, I don't know. But they told me I was beautiful. God bless you. I appreciate that. I do. Okay, but, but let's remember, like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> you might be just beholding a lot, lot more kindness and whatever. But I'm just telling you, gold bond, neck and chest cream, age renew, firming, firming lotion. We're going to see how good this stuff works. If it works really well, I'm going out and I'm buying a tub of it. Lathering my whole self up. I know it won't take away cellulite. Nothing takes away nothing takes away cellulite. Right? Nothing? Working out. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. My poor husband. He's tried. Like he's even worked out with me. I'm a horrible worker outer. I'm a horrible worker outer. I hate it. I hate I hate eating right. And I hate I like I like I, I like eating healthy stuff, but I love eating the bad stuff. Like I love everything. That's part of my problem. There is probably not a food out there that I don't like. That's a problem. And I did the fasting thing and I lost some weight, but I've managed to gain it all back. Because <laughs> you stop fasting. And you gain it all back. Ice cream. Gotta love ice cream. I, that's my Achilles. Like, you just might as well slap the fat right back on eating ice cream. It's so good. Love it. All right. Question number one. And then after that, it's next question. Thank you, Tracy. It says, why am I single? How do I get a man? How do you flirt in the church world? Now, I must have a lot of lonely men and women out there. Oh, well, no, no, this is a lady, because how do I get a man? Like, if we were in Alaska, like, I might tell a lot of women to move to Alaska, because you know why? There's more men. The men-to-women ratio in Alaska is, like, off the charts. Like, listen, I watch a lot of Alaska shows, and there's some ugly women with some really good-looking men. Like, and the only reason these ugly women are picked up it's because there ain't much of a selection there. How many, look that up for me. Look up how many women, the ratio to men to women. I'm not kidding. There's one, like Tom and I were watching one the other night, and he's like, man, that girl, she's not good looking. I mean, she's not even, like she married way above her means. But there's no, like I said to him, I'm like, like, there's not much of a selection. Like, Montana, we went to Montana. Like, Wyoming is like one, like one zip code. Because there's not a lot of, there's a lot of land. Not a lot of, like, dense population. There's a few cities in, like, Montana that are really, really big. And you have a lot of selection. But if you go, if you drive through Montana, like, there's a lot of barren land. My daughter, like, had to wait to pee 
We went from Glacier National Park, or no, was that Phillipsburg? We went from Phillipsburg back to our hotel, and the hotel was like two hours away, and she had to wait an hour and a half because nothing was open. And literally, not only was there nothing open, but there was nothing to be open because all it was is land, and she wouldn't pee behind a tree, so she had to hold it. That's just the way it goes. Oh, she had stage fright, but I'm just saying, like. Like stage fright from what? Like a bear? Yeah, no. Bear the, bear the bottom and he'll run for his life. Okay, so you got that for me? No, I don't believe that. I'm telling you, if you looked at the shows I watch, it's not true. So 1998 was 1 in 10. 10 to 1. And I believe those ratios still exist to this day. If you just watch any Alaska shows, I'm just telling you, it ain't good. It ain't pretty. So if you are really desperate, move to Alaska because you will find something. And odds are, I don't know if he'll love Jesus because drugs and alcohol are at an all-time high in Alaska because there's nothing to do. And plus, um, like, somebody's told me, I've heard this more than once, like, if you live in Alaska, you're a little whack to a certain extent. Some people, I'm not saying everybody, but I'm just saying, like, people have said, like, people on Alaska, you're a little weird. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. But, I mean, I know for a fact somebody that is Alaskan told me just last year they were like they're they're weird and she's weird too like so I believe it to a certain extent the weirdy was telling me that they're weird so so move to Alaska you can get a good-looking man I don't know if he loved Jesus so that might exit out but if you if, if you get a, a man that loves Jesus then what the what the heck right you get your you get a selection but tracy said that that numbers changed it's 100 to 107 so if they're for every 107 men there's 100 women i'm telling you i don't believe that though so let's go back to the question number one why am i single how do i get a man how do you flirt in the church world this is going to be fun so i don't know have you ever watched friends okay if you've watched friends then joey tribbiani has a great technique that you might want to take up. I look a woman up and down and I say, hey, how you doing? Oh, please. Hey, how you doing? So, Tracy played for you. Joey, how you doing? Okay, how you doing? So what, if you're single, you might have a catchphrase. You might, you know, first things first, though. If you're going to have game, in order to have game, you have to be approachable. So we're going to talk about girls because this is for a girl. I mean, Tom, Tom's been on the podcast, so he's told men how to be, a, you know, flirt or get a girl or whatever. But for women, like, you, you got to, like, be feminine right like I know some girls and some guys that wear promise rings they put it on their left hand they look daggum married how in the world are you going to meet somebody or have somebody approach you if they think you're married unless they're into adultery 
then you might have somebody. I'm just saying, if you want to meet somebody, you do not wear a wedding band on your finger. You don't wear it on the right hand either because homosexuals today are wearing, like when they're married, it's on the right hand. What you do if you're a girl and you want to wear a promise ring, you don't make it look like you're engaged and you don't make it look like you're married. You find a cute little dainty ring, right? Like one that has like a butterfly or something on it. I don't know. You wear that on your right hand. So you know you're promised to a godly man. God knows that you're holding out a promise. Okay? Or you just make the promise in your heart and you wear nothing. So you make sure that you're, you know, like God knows the heart. So you're eligible. Then people will approach it. And here's the other thing. Like be feminine. Like wear makeup. Do your hair. That might help. I mean, men, some men don't like a lot of makeup. Some men like a lot of makeup. So what I say is just put a medium amount on. Like some, I tell you this, some girls, I look at their makeup and you literally look like you could scrape their face and like all, when you, when you took like a credit card and you go like this down their face and you pulled the credit card off, all you'd see is a hunk of junk. Like it'd be so... Like, how does your face, face breathe in all that? I do not know. I would be like this, itching my face like crazy. I praise you, Jesus, that Tom doesn't like a lot of makeup. I need a lot of makeup, but I don't wear it. <laughs> Girl needs them, but. I would ask you, why are you single? First and foremost, let's always look at ourselves. How do you meet somebody? How do you flirt? Why are you single? Well, look at, your excel, look at yourself. Why are you single? Why are you single? Are you weird? Always look at that. Are you weird? If you're weird or desperate, you have to be honest with yourself. Okay? And you need to get... You, you, weird and desperate is not attractive. So you need to fix that. Everything is fixable. Like, if God can miraculously take cancer out of somebody's body, he can miraculously not make you weird. Okay? That's just the facts. And desperate is on you. So you have a choice with being desperate. But seriously, if people have, if people, when you walk in the room, and I'm not kidding, I'm, I, I mean, I'm being dead serious. There are literal people who you, they walk in the room and, and you know when you walk in the room, if people kind of make it so that they start communicating with other people so they don't have to talk to you. Okay, you need to say, why, why is that when I go places that no one really wants to communicate with me? Okay, there's reasons for that. What smell are you emitting from yourself? And the smell might be desperate, might be like you talk too much about yourself. Like nobody wants to hear about you all the time. Okay, I like me and I like talking about me, but at the end of the day, nobody really wants to hear a lot about me, right? So communicate with people about other things like what's going on in the world, what's spiritually new that you've learned, uh, like maybe even talk about the other person and what's going on in their life. Talk about you, but a little bit. Like um, if you are a person like likes weird jokes that no one gets, stop telling the weird jokes that no one gets. Like find something else. But ultimately in everyone's heart, if they really um, look at themselves and evaluate themselves, they know why no one's talking about them, talking to them. They know that it's like 
what they're communicating or maybe it's a behavior um some i have literally known men are like this they touch themselves and i'm not i'm being i'm being funny but i'm not being funny like they touch themselves and in front of women and you're like what are you doing that's disgusting okay you don't there's just certain things that you don't do um or they don't they don't wear deodorant or they don't put enough deodorant on i mean like this is all serious stuff like it matters um so if you need to examine why you're single first but i will tell you this you know my clock isn't up i can't tell so will you tell me when it's like okay so here's what i would tell you this like for me let's talk about me um so for me i'll be honest with you i didn't date a whole lot i've only had two boyfriends my whole entire life uh tom being one of them the first boyfriend was an idiot god spared me and saved me from him uh but i've never really like dated a whole bunch um i usually uh i always said if i went out with somebody listen i don't want anything serious this might be this might be the ticket i'm gonna tell you like if you do go out just tell a guy you don't want to be serious with them do you just want to go you want to have fun no commitments i tell you this as soon as you say that that changes everything that like i told that to i don't know how many guys and all of a sudden guys that never wanted to be committed to any girl wanted to be committed i don't know i think it's a challenge i really do i was super picky really picky so i didn't date a lot too like i told you i didn't think i would ever get married and um there wasn't a lot of choices and you can go to a big churches and there still not be a lot of choices in the room because the facts of the matter are that not a lot of people take their walks with god serious if you take your walk with god serious you're gonna you might have a selection of 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 the opposite sex but they're not on the same level as you so um but ultimately it's going to happen when you least expect it you have to learn to be very comfortable with yourself you have to like be okay with if i don't get married i don't get married um and you have to have a strong walk with the lord if you have a very good solid walk with god if you're not busy about see i know people who aren't married but they're so busy being busy that sometimes they can't even see that their walks with god are not as strong as they could be because they're so busy and they may be doing god's work but they need to slow down and not do god's work all the time have time to be alone with the lord spend time with him hear the still small voice of maybe what god wants to do with them steer them in a direction and that direction will take them to their mate like there's many factors as to the reason why people aren't getting to the ultimate place that god has for them and it's all because they're so busy that they can't even hear his voice they're busy about being busy and uh, i remember a pastor saying um if the devil can't make you bad he'll make you busy and busyness is not good so you need to slow down be still and know that he is god and just rest in that and you make yourself available go to church go to social events socialize like don't like when you go to a big function don't stick to your small group go walk around meet other people 
And the people that you think that you would never be interested in, you might find out that you might be attracted to, to something you never thought you were attracted to. Um, because there might be a personality or uh, you, have you ever, like this has happened to me, have you ever, um, not, not now, but back in the day, uh, you go and you meet a bunch of people and you're, you look at somebody and you're like, hmm, they're nice. But then you meet and you get to know their personality and every time you see them, they become more and more attractive to you and you never ever in your wildest dreams thought you'd be attracted to that kind of person or that person. But there's something about them that you're like, oh, like I didn't think they were good looking before, but now I do think they're good looking. It's exposure, right? And not being so close-minded. Um, I know people that will be like, there's nothing at my church. There's, there's nobody that I would like at my church. Um, and it's a big church. And I'm like, you don't know everybody that goes to your church. How do you know that you wouldn't like somebody at your church? Um, they just have this idea that, that that's just the way it is. And it's like, no, you don't know everybody. Go, go out there, get out there and like, just be still like, don't be so busy. Um, let's see. They want to know about flirting. Okay, flirting it can be fun, but don't flirt and lead somebody on. Uh, that's really important. I think that girls, um, especially with guys, you have to be very careful about flirting um, because you don't want to lead somebody on and guys automatically, I don't know why this is, if you're nice to a guy, they automatically think that you like them. I don't know what it is about that. Um, Daniel's here in the room today. Why Daniel? Why is it that Daniel raises his hands like this? It's an American thing. It's an American thing? Guys in South Africa don't think that? Like if you're friendly with a girl and if you're just friends or talk to a guy in South Africa, guys don't think that the girl likes them? Just Weirdy McGee's in, in America? Oh, it's just here in America. It's the men in America. It's the culture? I think there's also different cultures in South Africa. Oh, okay. Okay, Bia's in the room. Is she sharing it too? Interesting though. Like men in America think, I mean, I can't tell you how many times like back in my day like if I was nice I like I was being told that somebody thought that I liked them and I was like yeah I, I don't like them I just was being friendly and a lot of times that it's misconstrued so be very very careful in who you're who you're being nice to but a lot of times to get to know somebody to even find out if you like them you have to like have some kind of a relationship with them you have to have some kind of communication if you're a guy and a girl talks to you that does not mean they like you that's just the facts it might mean they're just trying to get to know you and that's it so be very careful girls not to lead guys on when you're so don't allow it potentially and there's sometimes you can't help it but don't try and not allow your flirting to be misconstrued as flirting if you're not interested in somebody right you're just getting to know him I will tell you this this is one of the things I love I still love this about Tom um, but I loved um, when we were dating or when he oh, when we were dating even like when um, he was trying to to ask me out and things like that if we were ever in a group and he still does it to this day which is super important for a woman but when we were dating 
when he would be talking, we'd be in a group. It's as if no one else in the room existed. Every time he would talk to me or talk in the group, he looked always at me. Like the it was as if he was only nobody else was there, and he was just he and I talking. So he always kind of, and just still to this day, a lot of times if we're communicating and we're in a group, and it's just it's not like an office meeting or um, some kind of um, if it's in a social setting that's very comfortable. I'll put it like that. Normally, what you're going to see is he'll talk to me more than he talks to anybody else. He always focuses on me, and then he'll look at other people in the room. That's super important. So if you are you like somebody and you kind of want them to know you like them and you're in a social setting, when you're talking, directly speak mostly to them because then they know that they're the most important thing in the room, right? Um, laughing, girls. I don't know how guys flirt. How do guys flirt, Daniel? Get muscles. What do you go? Guys, go out and start lifting weights in front of the girl. Look how strong I am. What do you do? He knows nothing. Okay, he told her what he did for the Lord, and so be a like. You well, you lied. Is that what you said? Okay. Well, while Daniel's out there winning the lost, he himself needs to be won over by the Lord. He's he's a sinner. He's out leading crusades while he himself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's joking. He didn't lie. He was just kidding. Um, uh, girls, you smile. You laugh. You kind of lean your head. What do you play with your hair? What's some other things girls do to make a guy? I'm not asking you. I was asking Tracy. I'm not helping you get a guy. My daughter. Norma's going to stay with me forever. She's like... I don't ever want her to leave. She's my, my friend. Um, I will say, if you do like girls, girls, this is for a girl. Girls, if you like a guy, there's absolutely nothing wrong with asking him to go get lunch or a coffee. Back in the day, you wouldn't ask a guy on a date. But, I mean, it's lunch. It's lunch or coffee. It's not like asking on a legitimate date, like going out to dinner and stuff like that. I do draw the line. I do draw the line. Tracy said, okay. Like, she does not have a line. Like, she told Jer, we are going to dinner. You did? Did you ask him out on a date? Okay. So Jer pursued her the most. But still, I just say this. Like, Tom wasn't that much to look at, so he had to pursue me. I was not really that interested. <laughs> I really wasn't. <laughs> I was not. I remember my sister going, you know, he, you know, he's really fat. He'll probably get fatter after you get married. I'm like, I'm not marrying him. She's like, are you sure you want to date this guy? <laughs> like, I'm not really dating him. So I didn't really pursue him. He pursued me. But you can ask a guy to coffee. You can ask him out to lunch. Be a confident woman. Men don't like desperate. They like confident women. They like strong women. But do not dominate. Like, they like strong women, but at the end of the day, they like to know they wear the pants. Like, they're the ones that run the show to a certain extent. Now, I wouldn't do this when I first started initially dating. I wouldn't be, like, the one running the show. But as you get, you know, you want to be a woman that 
like is attractive to a guy so he needs to know like he'll run the show if the relationship goes further right he doesn't want to wear he doesn't want to be in a homosexual relationship where both of you are trying to vie for the power right he wants to be the man he doesn't want to be married to another man right daniel agrees so this is so if daniel agrees then it is so so but seriously, guys don't, like, guys want to be the guy. And if you end up dating somebody where the guy wants you to be the guy, and you run everything, and he's kind of passive, run the opposite direction. I'm just telling you, it'll be a tough marriage. It'll be a tough relationship. He will never be the priest of the home. He'll want you to be the priest of the home. And your whole house will be out of order. And that is, I deal with, or not deal with, I talk to so many women that um, have had to be the priest of the home. They're praying their husbands through. And in, and in some cases, they're having great success rate and they're seeing some great things coming out of their husbands. But it's a, it's a hard thing to raise your kids, kids where you're the disciplinarian. Like, women don't want to be that. They want to discipline alongside of their husband. They don't want to be the one that does everything. It's not fun. So don't marry a lazy spiritual a, a man that is spiritually lazy it will be miserable but i say get a good game on learn your flirting skills like play with your hair or whatever you do like some girls like one of the girls that i love who's like ready to be in a relationship she's kind of a tomboy right she's kind of like but i will say this she wears makeup she has long hair she she's like somebody who wants a guy that's going to be like fun and athletic with her not really but she's not really girly girl but she's all about boys so in that case when you're got kind of like that but she's one of the ones that's got to take the wedding the promise ring off every time i see it on her i just want to smack the tar out of her but no wedding bands no promise rings unless they're like butterfly and they're on this hand. Because even if you're a tomboy and you're wearing it on the right hand, they're going to they're gonna think maybe that you don't swing that way. Guys might not think that you want a, a guy. They might, want, you might think you want a girl guy. <laughs> a girl guy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying... Wear makeup. Do your hair. Mm, smile. Laugh. Even laugh if it's not that funny. Don't lie, though. But if you can find a little humor in what somebody says, pull it out. Pull it out of there. I don't think there's anything else. That's good. I've spent 30 minutes on it. Let's move on. I'm trying to help these women, or these girls, right? But I was old when I got married. I was 20, 29. Huh? Well, it's not that old, but I'm just saying I was older. So I, like, I, can under I sympathize for women that like think, like, is it ever going to happen for me? It's going to happen. you got to just find the right guy. Be picky, though. Like, you're worth something. Be picky. Guys, be picky about the girls, too. Like, there's a lot of hoes out there. 
There are. There's a lot of hoes. Like, there are some girls, literally, that that go from one guy to the next guy. Like, we had a girl when I was younger. We called her the welcoming committee for the church. Every flipping guy that came in, she made sure. She said hello. She spent time with him. It's like, listen, chicks, if you're the welcoming committee, knock it off. You get a reputation. You do. And it ain't a good one. So, guys, don't go to the girl that's, like, ready to chat it off with you when you walk into the church or whatever. Because you're not the only one they've done it to, and you'll see it afterwards. Like, they make their way. They make their rounds. Stay away from those girls, too. You don't need the hose. You need a nice girl. Next question. Can Satan read our minds? We're just going from hose to Satan. They coincide. Can Satan read our minds? Absolutely not. He is not omnipresent. He cannot read your mind. Only God can read your mind. Now, Satan hears the words that we say. That's why life and death is held in the tongue. So you have to be very, very careful. If you're a fearful person, uh, if you um, are somebody who whatever's in here you got to say it out of this thing say listen he can hear you so you need to be very very careful about the words you speak though it is proverbs is clear oh a wise man is slow to speak and slow to be angry but let and it also says let your words be few there is reasons why the word is very careful about what we say in our tongue the tongue is the most powerful thing that we have and we act like because it's so small that it means nothing. It means everything. So be very careful. Fear, doubt, everything comes out of this sucker. Encouragement comes out of it, though. There's positive, positive things that you can be saying and doing. You can speak life over whatever you're believing for, your finances, your health, um, your career, whatever it is. You have the ability to, to speak life over those things. And Satan doesn't really want to come against the things that you're speaking life over, right? If he knows you're standing on something and you're using the scriptures, what did Jesus do? When Satan came and he tried to, to after the 40-day fast that Jesus did before he started his ministry, he used the word against Jesus. And then what did Jesus do? He counteracted it. He, see, he took a little bit of truth from the word because he's a liar. And then, he, and then what did Jesus do? Jesus used the word to counteract everything that Satan said. And that's how we defeat. We use the word. Like when we're praying, we use the word when we pray. The other thing you should do is you should be filled with your prayer language, which is tongues. The Holy Spirit can say far better for you what you can say um, and what you need. Like I don't hardly ever pray with words. Most of everything I do when I pray, I pray in tongues. First of all, it's my heavenly language. Satan can't understand it. But again, the Holy Spirit can speak better on my behalf for what I need while I'm praying it. So you say, well, how do you do that? What does that look like? I don't know what I'm saying. Or do you just, like, is your mind empty when you're praying? I'm like, no, no, my mind's not empty. I know what I need. I know what I, like, what I'm looking for. If there's an ailment in my body that I want healed, what I speak to as I start speaking to that ailment, let's use a headache, for example. I would say, in the name of Jesus, headache, pain, be gone in the name of Jesus, because 
Jesus said to speak to the mountain and be cast into the sea. It didn't say pray about your mountain. It said speak to the mountain. So I start speaking to the mountain. Then I start praying in the Holy Spirit about that headache. I know in my head what I'm praying over while I'm praying for it. If I have a financial need, I start praying over that financial need. And as I speak, pray in the Holy Spirit, my mind is on that financial need. And the Holy Spirit is bringing my request to the Lord. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. God knows everything. The devil does not. Okay? He does not know everything unless you reveal to him. A lot of times the devil has to do nothing. He does nothing. He literally sits back and goes, when we make a calamity out of our life or we go directions that we should never go, we make bad decisions, he himself sits there, I believe, and says, I would have never thought of that one. We do it to ourselves um, just simply by making bad decisions. And then ultimately we blame that bad decision on God. How could God do this to me? No, you did it to yourself. You made that decision. God gives us choices. He allows us personal choice. We have personal choice whether we serve him, he becomes Lord of our life, and then he tells us what we do with our life. Or we make the choice, we then act out on the choice we make, and then we have to deal with the ramifications of that choice. The thing is, is a lot of times people always never take responsibility for their actions, so it's always God's fault. That's not God's fault. That's your fault. You make that decision. You have to end up eating the results of that decision. I always say this, cause and effect. Whatever your action is, there's going to be a, a effect of that action. It can be a positive one or it can be a negative one. Ultimately, if you do not walk out what God has for you, you don't pray it through. Like people don't pray about who they're going to marry. Lord, is this the man that or woman that I'm to marry? They sleep with them before they're married. So now they're united with them as one never supposed to do that so now you have a commitment level that is way more than what you should have with that person because the word of god is is very clear that if you have intimate relations with someone you are now tied in one with that person now you have all these feelings that you never should have had so this person you you're you've clouded the decision making the way it should be so um, if you hadn't slept with them, you could hear the voice of the Lord say, no, that's not the right one. But now you've united with them. And now when you say, you don't even ask. You're like, I have these feelings. I have this love. I have this affection. We're good here, but we're really good in bed. All that has to be good, right? No. And then you marry this person that you should never have married. And you're wondering, and it goes bad. And you wonder, what, how did I get here? Why would God put me here? No, you put yourself there. That's just the way it is. A lot of people don't want to take responsibility for their actions, though. It's even like in their finances. They don't tithe. They don't give an offering. And, and they give, but they give, like, let's say, um, let's say your weekly income, and it's based on your gross, not based on your net. Gross is the total amount that your employer provides to you after, uh, before taxes. Net is after taxes. So your gross, let's just say it's $1,000 a week, right? And you, so what you would pay in tithe on that is $1,000, not after taxes, which you probably get about $860 after taxes. So you get, you walk away, you don't pay $86, you pay $100, right? But instead, what you do is you give 10. So you give, but you don't pay your tithe and you don't give your offering. 
So you just give to the Lord, right? That's okay. But then when your finances are, are in shambles and you're like, how I have never have enough at the end of the week or I don't have enough at the end of the month to pay all my bills. And you're like, God, where are you? Why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you supplying my need? Well, that's on you because you made a choice and your choice is not to live a biblical principle out. God has a promise. You choose not to walk in that promise. You choose to walk in your own trust and control and your controlling controls his ability to provide for you. So at the end of the day, again, bad decision on your part. You have to live with those things, right? You have to, it's never, so often we blame God for the things that we choose or we blame the devil, but ultimately it wasn't even the devil. It was us and our bad choices. That's, you know, it's so funny because if people were honest with themselves, they could fix so many things because it's them. It's not the devil and it's not God. That's the way it is. Um, God ultimately knows your heart and he knows what you're thinking. In 1 Kings 8.39, it says, Then here in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and give to everyone according to all his ways, whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of all the sons of men. Out of the, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is in here is going to come out here. It's just a, your faith. I hear people all the time, I have faith. I believe that God's going to heal me. And they'll go, I literally will pray for them. And then they'll go to my husband and they'll say, the doctor says this. I'm so afraid. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You cannot say that God's going to heal you. And then the next moment you're saying, I don't know. This is what the doctor's telling me. I just don't know what's going to happen. It's really good. You, 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 have, you can say one thing with one person and then you say another with another person. And, it, and, and in Timothy, it talks about being taught, or excuse me, in James, it talks about you're like a wave tossed to and fro. Expect that man to receive nothing is what it says. So when you don't get what you're believing for, it's because you believe for both. You believed that potentially you won't be healed. And over here, I do believe I can be healed. No, you are healed is what the word says. So it's, it's, you can't have a mixture of the two. It's one or the other, okay? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Be very careful with your words. I say this all the time. Life and death is held in them because it is. Be very careful with your words. The devil is not omnipresent. Speak in your heavenly language, and the Holy Spirit knows better for you than what you do uh, for yourself. I would strictly stick with getting, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, um, some people believe they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they, and they are because if they have the gift of prophecy and things, there's gifts that the Holy Spirit provides. Um, lots of people believe that they're filled with the Holy Spirit when they get saved to a degree. I absolutely agree with that, but then you have a, a gifts that are provided to you, and you need to act on those gifts. You need to start walking in the gifts that the Holy Spirit provides, and that's how you really um, activate the Holy Spirit in your life. Everybody, everybody has, has their prayer language. Not everybody has the gift of tongues for the body of Christ. That's a whole different gift. But everybody has a heavenly prayer language. Everybody needs to be seeking and receiving it. And I don't care if you have a doctrine. The doctrine you grew up in doesn't believe in, um, in that gift. Read the book of Acts. It clearly says that about, about, um, about the gift of tongues. 
and it is for everybody and everybody needs it and it will change your life radically especially when you know not what you should pray but the holy spirit does for you right next question do you believe that god is picky about denomination oh you know what i'm going to skip this one and i'm going to come back to it because i'm going to go to a lighter one let's go um because i only have 16 minutes and uh let's just do something more light um what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you well, I don't get embarrassed very easily. And if anybody's ever come to the church, they probably know this because my husband uh, makes a mockery of me, mockery of me on a, a, a quite a bit of a regular basis. And I usually am, la I'm, not, I'm always laughing at it because I think it's pretty dang funny when he's making fun of me. P people literally at the door are saying to me, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for you. Or they're like, um, he's getting it when he gets home. I'm like, he ain't, he's hilarious. He's not getting nothing. I'm laughing. I think he's... I'm probably outside of my husband being, my husband, he, he's his favorite biggest fan too. Like Tom, he thinks he's hilarious, but I probably am his next biggest fan because again, that's why I dated him. He's so dang funny. He is hilarious to me. So I don't get embarrassed very easily. So when I was thinking of all these things, I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I really wasn't embarrassed with any of them. I should have been, but I wasn't. So I made a list. I don't have one most embarrassing thing. I have many things that I think if other people had happened to them, they might be like mortified, um, but I am not. So uh, one of the things that um, I should have been embarrassed about, but I wasn't, is when I put my foot in my mouth and I tried to convince a woman that she was pregnant when she wasn't. Um, and I'm not kidding you. So my kids were in um, Christian school. They didn't go to Christian school for very long. But I was working the library. I'm gonna tell the story. I was working the library with this sweet lady and her little kid. And her kid was like, she had a kid in, in the school and then she had a kid, he was probably about three, and she had this little boy and um, he was with her and she was sitting and she looked like she was about six months pregnant. That's the truth. We're not talking like three months pregnant where you might get along wrong a little bit. She looked like she was six months pregnant. And she had one of those like t-shirts on that like back in the day, like they don't wear cute stuff like, uh, they, like nowadays when you're pregnant, you wear like, you don't really wear maternity clothes. You just get a bigger clothes, piece of clothing so that it's still stylish but you can like work around your pregnancy. Back in the day, we all bought maternity clothes. I don't even know if there's a maternity sh store anymore, is there? Bia, is there maternity? They're very difficult to find. So you go shopping at regular stores and just buy bigger size, right? Yeah, everybody does nowadays, which I really wish I would have done that. I might have liked being pregnant a little bit better because I hated being pregnant. The clothing attire was terrible. So she's sitting there, we're both sitting there, we're both working in the library doing I don't know what, and I congratulated her on being pregnant. And she says, I'm not pregnant. And I'm like, yes, you are, you're pregnant. She's like, no, I'm not, I'm not pregnant. I'm like, come on, you're pregnant. And I compliment her and she's like, eventually she gets a little frustrated with me because I'm trying to tell her she's pregnant, okay? 
which is insulting. Like, if, if, if anything, she would know whether she's pregnant or not. She doesn't need me to tell her whether she's pregnant. Eventually, she just says, I'm not pregnant. I'm just fat. Uh, okay. Well, how do, you, how do you recover from that? I, all I did was apologize. But even that, I really wasn't that embarrassed that I had tried to convince this lady that was over, overweight that she was pregnant didn't bother me a bit to a certain extent I was just like whoops on that one um when I was a teenager I think I was uh 14 I went to my girlfriend's house and this I was such an idiot I went to my girlfriend's house and she had the slumber party that I wasn't invited to but so the morning afterwards I go and I hang out and all these girls did not want me there if they had they would have invited me right to the, to spend the night but they didn't want me there and I didn't care that they didn't want me there which is a big problem in and of itself like how you're not that self-aware I do not know but I wasn't so in the process like I must have like I don't know if I sneezed on my way to this girl's house I don't know if I picked my nose I don't know what happened but on the she lived around the corner by the time I got to this house I had the biggest booger hanging out of my nose and it wasn't like right here it was on the tip of my nose like right here I didn't feel it I had no idea I'm sitting talking to these girls for like five minutes and they're all laughing and I'm like what are they laughing at until finally one of them's like you have the biggest booger hanging out of your nose first of all they didn't want me there and I began to feel that they didn't want me there. But I wanted to be there, so I didn't really care. <laughs> I didn't care. Until they told me I had a big booger hanging out of my nose. And then I went into the bathroom, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And it was big. <laughs> it was so big. It was huge. Um, that I might have been embarrassed about. That I might have been. I, I probably was 15. So back then, you know, you're more socially aware. Didn't change anything. I wiped my nose, went back out, talked to them for a little bit, and then I was like, I'm out of here. They really don't want me here. There's nothing I can do to change this situation. So I left. Another one. Now this one, like I was telling Tracy, I don't know if the statute of limitations has expired on this, so I'm a little hesitant to, to share this because I don't know if I can get in trouble. I didn't get arrested for it. So I'm pretty sure I'm okay. Back in the day when I would, uh, so back in the day when I wasn't saved, I would like, get drunk before I left the condo in part to party with my girlfriends. Um, I would get drunk and then um, on the way there, like I drank a lot. So, and then you go to the club and you drink even more. Well, I had to go to the bathroom. I lived like, in, outside of DC so I would have to go to the bathroom so by the and I was the one with the smallest bladder in the whole vehicle so and the, you know you always have the designated driver and it was never me so I remember I'm like oh my gosh I have to go to the bathroom so bad so we had to pull off we go down into the Pentagon like yeah the Pentagon so we go down we pull into the Pentagon back in the day you could get on to the parking lot it was like it wasn't a big deal so you go down, you get into the parking lot, I pop a squat on the curb, I go to the bathroom, I get done, I get up, and I'm going into the vehicle with my girlfriends. And then all of a sudden, the 
The lights come on. And it's a cop. And now he's watched me go to the bathroom in the Pentagon parking lot, come over, ask what's going on. And I am so drunk. Like, I should have been embarrassed, right? I should have been embarrassed about the whole situation, not me. I proceed to hit on the cop, <laughs> try and pick him up. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Mm -hmm. We go to the metro. Same scenario. I have to go to the bathroom, so what do I do? I go in. I walk down the, go find the car that has nobody in it. I pee in the subway. Yeah, I peed on the subway. Peed on the subway. Head on out. Go back to my girlfriend's. Oh, yeah. Nasty. You think you'd be embarrassed about that stuff? Even right now, should I be embarrassed? 100%. Am I? No. I don't care. I really don't care. As long as I don't get arrested. I really don't want a mugshot. I don't want to be like Pastor Rodney. I don't want a mugshot. <laughs> I mean, someday that might happen. Like, someday that might happen. You're like, we're all going to have to make stands to certain... I will do it on that, but I really don't want... I really don't want... You, we have no emblem right here. Oh, and I just said that. Okay, we'll have that. You won't even see. Okay. Then my last one is... Uh, my last one is back in the day, I went to, uh, I was a very good girl in high school, so the next one, I did go to a party that I was invited to, and they actually wanted me there. Now, after this, the girl that was hosting the party did not want me there, because I teed her off big time. But that's because I was an ingbat, and that was very annoying. So, back in the day, I believed, I don't anymore, but you know how maps have the compass that say north, south, east, west? Mm-hmm. I believed whichever way you point the map, if you turn to your left, that's north. If I move straight forward, that's north. If I go this way, <laughs> that's north. <laughs> and if I head backwards, that's north. Whichever way the map was, that was north. Okay. Now the girl, now I'm in a, I'm in a group and there's about five of us like my guy friends and girls that were my friends. And they tried to sit and convince me and explain to me, that's not how the compass works. Just because the map is facing in that direction, that is not north. I argued furiously that they were wrong and that they were idiots. And how they did not know that that is the way it was I was so frustrated. But the problem was is they were as frustrated with me. You know, I should have known I was wrong because it's like four against one. But I thought they were the idiots. <laughs> Narrow is the way, right? So I'm thinking broad. All of them, it's like COVID. Everybody that was, like everybody that went for COVID, like it's like kind of like that. I knew I was writing COVID. And I was one of the few. And all the COVID cavers, they were wrong. Well, in this case, I was wrong. Make it, you know, if anybody believes like I did, let me just tell you. If you point the, the map whichever way, just because you're pointing it in that direction, let me, let me tell you, it's not north. I made that mistake too. You're wrong. I've actually on Facebook, the girl that her name was Cindy Carricker. 
Cindy Carricker. She was the host of the party, and I frustrated the crap out of that girl. She was so mad. I found her on, or we found each other on Facebook like two years ago. I had to apologize. She remembered the story. I kid you not. I said, you know, I even said, I'm like, you remember that party you had? And everywhere I pointed the map, I said, was north. She goes, yep, I sure do. I said, I'm an idiot. Sorry about that. Even years later, you can still apologize for the things that you've done. I was an idiot. So, let that fall right into salvation. How many of you have been an idiot with salvation? You're not saved. Or you walked away from God. Because you think you know better. In all actuality, you're like me. If you walked away from God, you're now realizing, I was so wrong. I am so stupid. <laughs> I, you, you know, a lot of times we don't come back to, to Jesus because of pride. We're like, it's too embarrassing to say that we screwed up our life or we thought we had a better way or, you know, season, uh, sin would be fun for a season and you realize the season's up, but how do you come back? I remember, literally, I remember, how do I, how do I get my life back with God? And it, for me, it wasn't pride. It was more like, like, Will he even want me back? Like, I've done so many things. Like, I have screwed my life up so bad. How could he even want me? Because um, I rejected him so hard. You can trust me on this one, he does. I mean, nothing would make Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, nothing would please them more than for you to come back to them um, and let them pour out their love. It's like the prodigal son. Um, Jesus, the prodigal son, if you don't know the story, the story is a father has two sons. The one son says, give me my inheritance. And he goes off and he lives a wild life. Prostitutes, uh, partying, the whole nine. Some of you can relate to this. I, I didn't, I, I could for part of it, I could relate to the story. Um, but I, so what happens is the prodigal son leads himself into a life that's just full of misery. And he's sitting there, and he has no food to eat, and now he's um, basically the job that he has is he's now working, uh, taking care of pigs. And he finds himself eating the same food as the pig. And he says, my father treats his, his, um, his slaves or his servants better than what I am right now. So I'm just going to go back to my dad, and I'm going to go work for him. Because at least my life will be better than what it is right now. And when his, so he goes back and then his father sees him walking down the road. And this is how Jesus will be for you. Because it's a perfect example of how much Jesus loves us. The father sees his son and what he does is he runs towards him. And he's so happy and he's so relieved and he's so overjoyed to see that son come home that he throws a party. And that's how Jesus is with us. When we ask him to come back and be our Lord and Savior, the angels rejoice. Um, there's nothing more wonderful and beautiful for the Lord is when we come back to him and we realize life is just not as good in, until we have him back in our life. So for me, um, I, I, I literally was like, how could I, how can he, how could he ever want me back? But I, I tell you, he's like that father running towards his son and rejoicing that he's come home. And that's how Jesus feels about you. And if you've never known him, 
you're missing out. And I think you know you're missing out because God puts a, a God-shaped void in every single one of um, every single one of us that only He can fill. You can go and buy a boat, an RV, uh, take another vacation, get another car, and you'll be happy for a split second. But at the end of that time, at that at the end of it, you're gonna sit there and go, "That just that's just not filling that that spot." Like I don't. You you can just keep doing it, keep doing it. It'll never fill that spot, and you'll just keep getting more and more and more in debt as you do it until you finally succumb and say, you know what, I'm going to give this God thing a chance. And that's when you're going to go, that's it. That's the spot. That's what I needed. So I encourage you today, if, if, this is, if you can relate to what I'm talking about, I strongly want you to say this prayer with me and let us uh, start a new journey for you and not a arc journey. And you don't know what I'm talking about that, but some of you do. Um, it's a journey with God as your Lord and Savior. He's gonna take you places that you never thought you'd go. And he's gonna put things in your heart that you never thought would be there. And the joy that you will walk in from that, this moment forward will be joy. See, happiness is different than joy. Happiness is, is a feeling. Joy is a choice. And you will never, ever, ever experience anything like God's joy until you become one of his kids. So pray this prayer with me. I'm going to close my eyes with you. Say this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. And then, when, and then I will live out my life for you. Whatever you call me to do, I will do. Wherever you tell me to go, I will go. And when I die, I will go to heaven and live with you forever. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Eternity is yours. If you said that prayer, find a great church, one that teaches holiness, one that teaches you how to be a strong disciple, something that will turn you on to whatever God has birthed in you. Listen, if you can sing, God didn't design you to sing for the world. God designed you to sing for him, to worship him. If God gave you the ability to speak, then more than likely he wants you to be an evangelist, a preacher, a teacher. If you've been doing that for the world, he gave you those gifts so that those gifts would be used for him. He will show you what he wants you to do. You'll start walking in it, and you will be so satisfied and content from this moment forward as you walk the things out that he has designed you to do. He has ordered your steps. Now you just got to figure out what they are. Find a good church. They'll help you go and do that, but one that teaches you how to be a strong believer. Get in the word and go forward. In Jesus' mighty name, we're going to close out. Have a great day, and we'll see you later. Bye. Real talk.